Hello and welcome to How to Grow a Pod, the podcast about podcasting from the book How to Start and Grow a Successful Podcast by me, Julie Smith. The book is the first practical guide to podcasting from the pioneers of the industry. And this is where you hear the full interviews, virtually unedited and full of all the advice you need to make a successful podcast that you'll also find in the book. So it was very much a kind of trial and error whilst we were recording, but there was that format of being like, you're coming to my mum's house or mine for dinner and we're going to talk and we're going to talk about food. This week, Jessie Ware and her mum Lenny tell me how Table Manners, one of the UK's biggest podcasts, started life as a hobby that wasn't about Jessie's music career, but hit the podcasting jackpot. Jessie told me how the idea unfolded. So I had the idea of doing a podcast. Um, I remember it very well. It was a conversation with a friend of mine called Jamie. It was New Year's Eve, um, 2016. And he said, you should do a, um, you should do a podcast. And I really was quite adamant that I didn't want to do it about music because I just wanted to step away from that because that was my job. And I wanted to kind of make this feel more like a hobby. So I talked about it and I kept on trying to um, go back and forth um, with uh, my peers about, you know, what are my friends rather peers, um, my friends about uh, what would be good. And I was kind of just throwing it around. And um, and I was really obsessed with the trip Um which is, you know, Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden. And I thought, well, they have a really nice time. They go and chat and they go to a really nice restaurant. This sounds perfect. Could I do something that could work around us going to a new restaurant? I love eating out and us having a conversation over a dinner table. And then it felt kind of like it was going to be for a podcast to interfering with the sounds and all this. And so I thought, okay, well, what could we do? mum's a great cook she's always hosted so um we could try it at my mum's house and maybe that'd be quite nice and cozy and disarming and and so it was it was very much like my idea that I didn't really consult um with my mum about however she was well up for it so it was kind of it it went through a few trial and errors of in in my mind but when we actually went to record it we had this idea and Clara Ampho, my good friend, was our guinea pig and she was in the first series. Um, and you can hear from that episode, it's slightly dis- different to the other ones because we we thought that we should ask her what ingredients she likes so that we can cook something around that. But then it felt too much like a MasterChef challenge. And it was it was just, it was, it was quite stressful for my mum and I to be like, how can we think of something that involves chorizo, sweet potato? And so we just thought, well, we'll they'll get what they're given unless they tell us that they've got, um, you know, a dietary requirement. So it was very much kind of trial and error whilst we were recording, but there was that format of being like, you're, hum- you're coming to my mum's house or mine for dinner and we're going to talk and we're going to talk about food and to bring in that memory that was an evolution I think. Was it there some kind of content creation idea around it or was it just a bit of a laugh? Uh, It was supposed to be just a bit of a laugh and an escape from doing music Um, you know I before I became a singer I was working uh, at a TV production company. I was very, I love TV. I love conversation. I love journalism. So it was a a perfect way to um, bring that all in together. Yeah. And and that is what we're hearing from the most successful podcasters, actually. They all come from, they all have a sensibility of um, producing in some way. Lenny, how did it feel for you when you, when Jesse came up with this idea for you? Well, 
um, I she just said, would you help out, mum? And because I adore my daughter and wanted to help her, I said yes. But I didn't really know what I was doing. So I thought she said, you'll be cooking, you'll be in the background. But it was not possible for me to stay in the background because I'm not that sort of background person. And so I started to get involved in the conversation. And so someone like Clara Anfo, who I'd met before and I really liked, I was really interested in what she had to say. And then I ended up sitting, I think the next people we had were Chris Sweeney and Will um, Young, who do Homo Sapiens. Well, they were doing it together at the time. Another really successful podcast. And um, they, they, Chris is a friend, uh, and Will we know. So it got, it started. We started chatting, and it was all about food memories, what people had eaten with their family. It's really about food and family, and I suppose aspirations and how life goes, really. So it, it, although it is about food, and food's really important, and we've had some guests on, like Anthony from Queer Eye where food is massively important to him. And he's a cook, a chef. I don't know if you call him a chef. So we've talked more about food and recipes. And Oh, yeah. Is he a chef or a cook? Cook. A chef is, chef is somebody who cooks in restaurants, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Like like Nigella. They say Nigella's a well, home Nigella cook. Well, Nigella says she's a home cook, more to the point. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the more cooky people we've had, the more foodie it's been. But it's quite revelatory. I mean, who knew some people didn't know what a vegetable was till they moved to drama school and they only eat, eat, eat frozen food. Well, it's a wonderful like prism. This. I mean, I do lots of stuff through food and I always say that, you know, life is all about food. You, you, if you're looking through at life through the prism of food, you're going to find out an enormous amount. Jessie, did you know that when you started it up, when you first came up with that idea? No, but I did always think that you can always talk about food, good or bad. Food always sparks a memory. So in that sense, I knew that there'd always be a conversation. Whether And we really didn't want it to be foodie. It was very much not our ambition to make it elitist foodie. We wanted it to be everything, memory, you know. And I think you look at something like Desert Island Discs, which has such a beautiful arc that is a beginning middle and it's very it's so simple and I'm not saying I'm not comparing us to Desert Island Disc but there's something very satisfying about the fact that you are always going to have a unique conversation with somebody around food and food memory that I think that was the jackpot for this that I didn't realize we were sitting on was that everyone has their own unique memory when it comes to food and family and eating and so that's been so beautiful and really really interesting and um and yeah I have been surprised how many listeners are as obsessed by food as us Yes, well, as you say, it's not just about food. It's it's the kind of the opening of, of extraordinary people. So the access to guests, obviously, you were going to have the most amazing little black book, Jessie. Um, so you can bring in all your pop star friends and people then are going to say yes to you because of the phenomenon of the podcast. That was the aim. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. We, I definitely exhausted the black book on the first um on the first uh, series. But I think it 
I don't, that didn't stop you because wherever you met anyone at any event, Jessie would haul them in. So she'd be doing Jules Holland, meet someone she liked and said, do you want to come on our podcast? And they would. They'd say yes. And, and then it's changed to people approaching us to come on the podcast. So we've had to become careful that we're not just a promo for people mm. that want to promote yeah. something. Yeah. But but yeah. but the other thing is what's been extraordinary is and I think through lockdown is how important food is. I mean that's why everyone's put on weight because food has been the focal point of the of the lockdown really. What else has been punctuating your day except food? Um, and so that's been quite interesting. The lockdown podcasts, I think, have been very interesting, hearing what people are doing, where they're getting their food from, how they're managing, how their lives are during yeah. lockdown. Don't you think, Jesse? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know, for us to be able to keep it going through lockdown was not only a benefit for us and a connection for mum and I when we weren't being able to see each other, I think we really benefited from that but I think also people really enjoyed being able to have some sense of like a little bit of um escapist normality during the lockdown and how you know um yeah it's it's definitely been an interesting few months doing the podcast during lockdown but I can't wait for us to actually be across the dinner table from somebody again that's you know that is the beauty of the podcast and I think that as much as we've kept going and we've had incredible guests during lockdown that that is the beauty a chat over the dinner table yeah and bringing those listeners with you to that table I mean that's the whole point isn't it you sort of you become really very close to your listeners um they experience you in their bodies. Their headphones are very often in their ears. You're in their head. It it creates a different uh, relationship with them. But actually, as a singer, Jesse, I presume you have that same experience. You're you're singing about stuff that people really relate to. But but the podcast seems to have propelled you. I mean, which is bigger now, the podcasting or the singing for you? Um, for me, I feel like they are almost equal now um you know at the moment I'm promoting a record and the record has been my highest entry in the charts number three and perhaps that is due to the support and familiarity of those thousands of listeners that we get daily from the podcast mm. that they are invested in me and my annoying voice and you know in my, in there is and so I, I I'll never really know how that has kind of um added to whether it's whatever sales or you know that we just did a really good campaign and whatnot but I do think that they are hand in hand and they're both incredibly important and I love that because I think for a long time I was so scared by music being my sole thing it um it didn't feel uh, like a tangent. It didn't feel like a realistic job to me. And I really, I love, I love the podcast because it feels, um, however light and 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 effortless it is to make it happen. And well, it's not effortless. We have wonderful management who, you know, other nuts and bolts. But you know, it's it's a pleasure to have a chat with somebody and then call that work again. I don't know. I think they are both as important as each other. Um, I guess I'd probably put being a singer ahead of a podcaster. However, I can't ignore the fact that podcasting has really helped me and my career and, and, and the visibility of me. You know, I, I've been able to show my full personality through my podcast that I would never have been able to show on a five-minute 
television interview if I was even getting those interviews, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You are, um, the podcast is, is a particular example of the ability to bring that very sort of uh, easy, informal nature that busts that old stereotype of broadcasting, that kind of more sort of Radio 2E, Radio 4 kind of more formal type of broadcasting with um, the ability to make money. So you, there's lots of bedroom podcasters, lots of hobbyists, lots of passion projectors who, you know, are the kind of the basis of what podcasting is all about. But actually, you and the My Dad Wrote a, wrote a Porno team um, who are also on this podcast and, and in the book, you've managed to make it work as a business. And in so doing, you've changed, you've kind of created a new story about uh, the use of sponsors and advertising. You've taken advertising and you've made it literally your own. H- how did you negotiate that in the early days? Um, I mean, it was very, it was a very new medium. Um, and it, we weirdly, you know, we're, we appear to be kind of uh, uh, near the beginning of podcasts, even though we we weren't, you know, that my dad wrote a porno was already going, had been going for over a year before we, you know, started ours. But Still, there wasn't as many podcasts at the time. And and it was very much learning. And, um, you know, Acast, we have a really good relationship with. But equally, my dad wrote a porno. They were like our big brothers and sisters. They were incredibly supportive. I think there's a really generous network of podcasters that are all, because it was such a new format and medium, people were asking questions and not being afraid to ask them and, and offer advice and business um tips and things like that so I feel like it's um, been a wonderful community to be a part of um, and far more generous than many other businesses um, that I can um, uh, that if I can imagine because it feels like people doesn't it I mean Lenny did you ever think that you'd be um, you know voicing commercials am I I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Funnily enough, you are. You're making us sound like we drug you every episode, <laughs> Mum, and go, just do this little uh, poor shad, Mum. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You can have a glass of wine in a minute. I think the whole thing about our podcast is that it's a very natural conversation between Jesse and I. I mean, it's harder when we have a script to follow um, or, or we have to get key points in because it, it because it's such a natural relationship. And I think... That it's people um, spoke to us. I mean, a few people have spoken to us and said, oh, I've got a really good idea. I think I might do it with my son or my daughter. But I think ours has just been so natural. It's not something contrived, our relationship. That's how we relate to each other and probably don't swear at each other as much. But um, we relate to each other in that way. So we've always had that relationship. So it's not something manufactured for the podcast. It's something that, that that's there and that's developed really in a commercial way. So when we some of the some of the commercials are kind of clued in, are kind of keyed in to be like, um, how we talk to each other so that it sounds very natural, I hope. But that's the podcasting goal. I knew you could do it, Mum. I always believed in you, just like you've believed in me. Well, I didn't know that we didn't know we could do it, did we? That authenticity is the really interesting thing. And that's what most people can't do. So those people who are talking to you about, oh, my son has got a great idea, you know, I'd love to do, they probably couldn't do it. I think also with the kind of the sponsorship, I think it's a given people expect to hear sponsors in a podcast. Also, we don't say yes to every um, sponsor. It has to make some sort of sense. Um, 
So for us to be able to kind of weave in that personal element, which is what the sponsors really, really want. And I obviously, I think they must see that they work better when it's like that. Um, it's, um, yeah, some, you know, sometimes those sponsor uh, reads, we, 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 we have to do a few times just to kind of make it feel natural. Um, however mad that sounds, but it's a, it's a added bonus to be able to have the sponsors that, you know, create, create this commercial, um, business, but that they can't bombard it even. But I, I, I do really love that people are forgiving of, of the podcast sponsors because they expect them because they've always been there. And, you know, I think people like Adam Buxton do it really well. And, um, my dad wrote a porno, do it really, really well too. So, you know, I think we've learned from, I've learned from other people how to inject your personality into that. I think when we've had, we've had, um, a whole series say more four or five episode sponsors so we were sponsored by john john lewis and waitrose so we had food that we cooked that was their food i mean sometimes and you've got to have people that understand that guests that are game for that otherwise they're a bit oh is this you know i feel i'm part of a commercial but we it's always been fine and always worked very well and I think the ones that we've done, like a branded episode, we've done things, collaborations with Waitrose and John Lewis, that makes total sense to us. We shop at those places and it's food. You know, we're doing one with Samsung and their kitchen connected living range. And that makes sense too, because it's it would appear too grabbing if they were too far-fetched, some of the sponsors. But we're very lucky because it's food and you know, alcohol, food, it can kind of all play a part so then it feels really genuine too and it doesn't feel forced. The awards, that must have been fun. That must have been extraordinary. How how did you feel? When, when we won the award? Yeah. You won it, darling. Sadly, I didn't. I was robbed, but she won it. How come? Best new presenter. Because it's yeah. table manners with Jessie Ware, not with me. Maybe we need to change that, Mum. Yeah, maybe we do. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the words. It, it was lovely. And, you know, we're up for our first British podcast award too, which, you know, I don't know if we'll win, but it's uh, it's lovely to get a bit of recognition. I think, t- you know, I, I read this the other day, but awards don't matter. Oh, God, we- excuse me. I've got 20 <sighs> bags of compost just arriving that I've got to let the man <laughs> through the door. I'm sorry. It's 20 to... Sorry. You know, it's like you're on an episode of a podcast. Um, Yeah, I think people don't care, uh, say they don't care about awards until you're up for one, maybe. And so I heard somebody say that or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's a very nice bit of recognition. However, um, I think I'm more enthused by the listeners that we get regularly every week, you know. But it's it's obviously, it's a lovely thing to be recognised with... Um, being a new voice in podcasting I'm not a new voice anymore though I'm I'm kind of like an old voice a tired voice You're a podcasting a, pioneer in my book a grating voice in your ear <laughs> <laughs> what's next then Jesse what will you do with it how can you develop it I or mean do you want to we have um, had many offers about television that was an initial thing that lots of people were approaching us about and it, it just didn't feel right um, you know my mum still has an important job um, day job and and I have a job too and I think it would have to make complete sense to be able to do a tv show and it would it would have to be a different kind of format or something and I I, I think there's always the worry that you'd lose that beauty of the podcast and that intimacy and that long form which is what 
people love about podcasts. What is next for the podcast? I think, you know, I'd love us to just carry on until people stop listening. I think this we're really at a really exciting um stage where we have garnered so many listens and loyal fans that it almost doesn't matter who the guest is now um each week because we have that loyalty that they'll just tune in because it's familiar to them and so we just are going to keep on going um until people get sick of us but you know I think there's always potential opportunities and never say never about television but it would really have to make sense and I wonder whether it would have to be a a, a different version of table manners to keep that quite sacred as the podcast yeah what about the book oh yeah of course we don't why don't don't. because no the book it was it was such a good cookbook and then we got locked down a week after it came out yeah so more more time to cook you can do all the promotion on instagram these days can't you yeah i think it just maybe it, it, it didn't get its kind of um it didn't get as much attention as potentially we would have um, enjoyed. But, you know, I think the beauty of a book is that it's there and it and it, it, the reputation of it, we, you know, it's very much like a podcast. It's word of mouth. People go recommend it. And you yeah. there's that sense of discovery with that too. And I'm really proud of that book. You know, it was a real labour of love. And, um, and it's so beautiful. And, um, I, you know, I've added to it, but Jessie writes so beautifully. Her narrative is great. And um, there are lots of photographs of us and her when she's little. And, you know, it's such a good cookbook. And everyone who's used it has, has loved the cookbook. But the 12th of March was when we were going to have our launch party. And we decided we couldn't because of COVID-19. It was just not the right thing to have a lot of people in a room. There was going to be 150 people. So all the canopies went to the homeless people as well as my Cosmopolitans <laughs> and leopard skin balloons. That, that's a very good thing. But... No, they don't want to drink Cosmopolitans, <laughs> homeless people. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I am going to be writing a new book with Hodder. Hodder Studio, Fantastic. and it's going to be very much an extension of the cookbook in the sense of the narrative and, and food and food memory. And I'm, you know, I had to get the album out of the way, but I'm going to kind of dedicate, uh, that's my next thing to do. So I am going to be writing a new book, uh, which is going to still be about food and family and memory. So I'm really excited about that. Well, congratulations. Really cracking. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's thank you it feels like it's there and I'm like I need to just crack on yeah. god ah, yeah. I gotta yeah. start writing it but no I'm excited I'm very excited to even have been given the authority of having a voice within food you know that's such an honor for me yeah. um to be a part of this world because I mean I adore it and um and I adore talking about food and 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 I so yeah it's exciting well do the audio do the podcast of the book because then you've got it all down for posterity anyway. You can use it as a podcast or not, but you've got all those lovely family memories of the kids on audio, and that's the most wonderful thing in the world. Okay, amazing. Thanks. Just an idea. Um, can we just do Tech Talk? Jesse? what are you using there to record on? Uh, it's an H6 Handy Recorder Zoom. And is that what you use for the um, podcast? Yes. Okay. Mine is an H5. Because I think it was so, because they thought I'd be able to work this one out better. And when you're actually doing it, do you have lapel mics when you're doing the podcast, when you're moving around? How do you do that? 
that's been um, an issue, really, because we've tried all different mics, um, the lapel mics and the um, radio mics so that we can move around. And sometimes we use those. But actually, the old tripod and the, um, the, these proper mics are absolutely much better. The only problem has been my we've done a lot of the podcasts in my house and particularly Jessie was living with me for six months while she's been refurbishing hers and that's still not ready so we'll go back to my house. My dining room is in my conservatory which is glass and I have a glass table so we record it in my kitchen at the kitchen island which has quite a low ceiling and it's the sound is much better. Yeah. And editing, who does your editing? So our editing is done and um, produced by Alice Williams. We've been working with her from the start and she's like family and she she we couldn't do it without her, really. Um she's wonderful and she we love her so much. Another few things for the future that I forgot to say, potentially we're thinking about doing themed series, you know. We've kind of touched on festivals before, whether it be Hanukkah or Christmas, whatever. We but themed series we're thinking and you know, we did do one in New York. Um and we're thinking about I I really would love to go to Australia. Um and do a theme series there and, and, and maybe an alfresco series whilst people are still maybe slightly um, unsure about coming in to eat with us. So I think we, we'll, we'll just make it work. We're kind of working with w- what we got. Lovely ladies. Thank you so much. I love the podcast. Thanks. Good luck with it. Good luck with the new book, Jessie. And, Thank um, you. Good luck Thanks, to you. Bye. Thanks for listening to How to Grow a Pod. And you can buy the book, How to Start and Grow a Successful Podcast by me, Julie Smith, by clicking on jillysmith.com and going to the bookshop tab. And I'll see you next week for another of the interviews from